Hello and welcome to Tales in Our Times. Hey, 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 welcome back. I, I, always, like... I, I love how spooky the intro song is. It makes me feel like we exist in a sort of Doctor Who universe and that feels very appropriate. Yeah. I like that, the idea that we, you know, live in little boxes somewhere inside cyberspace or something. Whoa, like, whoa. Maybe. I don't know. All right, but you it is. You have to write that down at once. <laughs> That's incredible. How are you doing today, George? It's hot. I'm doing fantastic. It is a little bit of a sweaty day here in the mid-northeast. Um, we're doing okay, though. Uh, I had a fantastic last weekend, and I can't wait to talk to you about it here on record in the studio. Just kidding. It's just our houses. Um, I was going to say, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but first, All let's do that. a little reading check-in. This is a bit of a quicker one, so we're not going to attempt to stay up to date on the news. I'm sure you can tell by our last episode, our romance episode, we're a little bit behind. Also, I was listening back to it for quality assurance. I definitely called SAG after SGA at one point. I just like oh, did mixed you? the WGA and SAG <laughs> okay. into an imaginary union that doesn't exist. Um, Maybe it yeah. should. It's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'm too tired from work. I was going to attempt to come up with Make a snappy. Yeah, yeah. No funny, no funny. Um, Don't be funny. Mum, what book are you reading right now? Well, so, uh, I think last time we recorded, we did our pre-book festival uh, recording, and I just finished the Elliot Page, Page Boy memoir. Since then, I started reading S.A. Cosby's uh, All Sinners Bleed, and I have finished that. Wowza, wowza, wowza. Can we say <laughs> kept me up all night? Not quite, but at least until the wee hours, it was gone midnight by the time I put it down because I just like I got into a groove with it. I was like, okay, what's the time? Midnight. I've got three chapters left. Fuck it. I'm reading it. Yeah. At that point, and, you got to just power through. Yeah. And I did. And it, it was very rewarding. It, it's a very, um, action-packed story if you haven't read any essay cosby who we actually will talk about a bit more in a minute but um i could definitely rec recommend that book for sure what about you what are you reading george so i am continuing my well it's i sort of deviated from the path i so i've been trying to do like a fiction and a non-fiction um you're a brave man and Huh? You think I'm a Brit? No, I don't know. I said that. you're a brave man. I, I couldn't do that. I have to do one I or just, the other, I think. Um, but I picked something up that uh, I had sort of mislabeled in my mind as nonfiction. It's actually like a story collection. Um, but so as my fiction read, I'm still reading Rhythm of War by Brandon Sanderson. It's a, you know, is a book as big as my head. So I'm going to be on that one for a little bit. But the most recent thing I picked up was Medusa's Doors, uh, Magic and Monstrosity from Women Writers of the Fin de French Word. Um, edited by Theodora Goss. It is a collection of <laughs> several... On, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hmm? What's that? Fin fin de French word. Well, it's S I E C L E. He's got a Songle. The C? Fin de cycle. Okay. I'd have to see it with my eyes and then cheat or something with Google. But uh whoa whoa, back up a bit. It's out of focus. No, hmm. it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. Forget it. Anyway. I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's a it's a collection specifically of um, Gothic literature, uh, and it's like all uh, women writers, um, and it's sort of not just um, reserved to uh, like current writers. There's like a there are a lot of like um, old ladies from. <laughs> I didn't say old ladies. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Pulls from different eras. Okay. Is what I was going to say because I am a polite young podcaster. Podcaster. I don't know know if I would say I'm a young man. Um, But so there's like some Virginia Woolf, some Edith Wharton. I haven't gotten to them yet. Um, But I just read The Love Talker and I'm partway through Nim by Ethna Carberry um, or Anna McManus. But so it's just, you know, it's nice. I'm enjoying it. Um, but I've just started that. Okay. It's a bunch cool. of old ladies ah. writing gothic stories. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I I will say that somebody um, I was talking to on our uh, reading festival weekend who had listened to our podcast said, you guys steam through books. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just because we mentioned them, you know, we could be in the progress. We don't, you know, read them one week to the next. Um, Yeah, sometimes I give them up. Sometimes uh, I don't like it. I I gave up a book that I actually, it just like didn't come up during any time we recorded just because I wasn't feeling it. But I have to also say that the last couple of books I've read, because we were going to the reading festival, I did steam for them. But that was very purposeful. Yeah, yeah, very driven. Yeah, so... If you, if you think we read fast, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, we read a lot of stories by old ladies because we like it when ladies know things. <laughs> I love it when ladies know things. Um, and we're putting of, we the saw, t-shirt. Yeah, we, we saw, saw some, some ladies. ladies who knew things. We saw some fellows who knew things. Um, we saw some writers who knew things. So this is, I'm, if you've listened to the episodes before this, you know we did like a, a expectations for the reading festival, the Library of Congress. We're going to do sort of a recap on how the, the expo- yeah. <laughs> Can What's I up? just cut in? I'm just going to I mean, you in. are. I know. I just want to say, um, usually um, we do do a little snippet with some news, but because... Did you already say that? I did. Oh, poo. Sorry, ignore me. Carry on, No, go on, say it again. No, 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 no. Well, no, I was just going to say, this is specifically in response to our recent field trip, and, you know, there isn't always literary news for us to find. That's true. Maybe you have some. You can always send it to us, but... Oh, yeah, please share literary news. Or also, if you just, like, have a book that you want to shout out or are writing a book, we'd shout you out. Um, but yeah, this time we, we talked about doing a little bit more of a truncated episode also helps us because to be candid, I'm having a bit of a rough time at work right now. Just busy, busy all the time. Um, hopefully we'll clear up in the coming weeks. Um, but, but, uh, today we're going to talk about our experience at the reading festival, which was Really awesome. I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, Mum, but I had a great time. Okay, you're raving. You're you're dancing. You're jumping up and down. <laughs> I had a re- we had such a good time. I mean, um, do you want to you know start with your sort of this you know till we came together oh. your individual journey? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so we got a train down to DC, and that was fine it was getting in later than we thought and then all of a sudden was not getting in later than we thought and we ended up getting in very early uh katie and i had a pretty easy time of it um it was nice it was weird you know but sometimes you have to just like let amtrak be you know what i mean amtrak is sort of like yeah its own organism you have to just let it roll off your back. Uh, so that's what we did. And then we ended up in, like, war off a duck's back. Um, Agreed. Sorry, you were making a face. I just wanted to. But, uh, yeah, so that was us. We were we were hanging out. We ended up uh, cozying up in a little corner in the food court. That was where you found us. Yours yeah. was different, though, wasn't it? Well, so I drove down to D.C. and then I got... Uh, metro train into the city with your sister and it said special on the train so part way there I heard the driver say something about the green line I, I was like oh, I think they said with the green line and so we thought we were on the wrong metro <laughs> so when it stopped 
the doors opened, but we hadn't made the decision until they started closing again. And so I ran over, did a big mum <laughs> thing, pulled the doors back, which actually you're not supposed to do. So, you know, boys and girls, no, if you you're out there, do not put your hands or feet in between a closing door. Um, and we jumped off and then the driver stuck his head out and we're like, we're trying to get to a uh, gallery. I think our stop was in DC. And he <laughs> said, yeah, this is fine. And we're like, oh, can we get back on then, please? It's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I was like, okay. So then we got back on and looked a bit foolish, which is, you know, it's always a bit of a crack. I like that. It's funny. And when we got off the train, we, you know, expressed our sincere gratitude to the driver for being so cool and understanding and not sort of like yelling at us or anything. Because it was my fault. It was totally yeah. my fault. And then we I'm had just a... glad you did it. That's like, that's like the, the, train, the train nightmare. Is well, no, stuck I mean, between the doors. The train nightmare actually happened in New York, if you remember rightly, when oh, yeah. we were getting on the um, subway to go to, I think, was it Coney Kennedy Island. Airport? JFK oh. or something? Newark? I don't know. Some airport, anyway. An airport. Yeah, outside New York. And um, I went to get on the train and my foot slipped and my, my leg went down the gap. You know, yeah, like in, you didn't mind the gap. In in the in London on the tube, there's signs up everywhere that say "mind the gap." And, yeah, um, they didn't say they didn't have them up in New York, so how could you have known? So I should well, I should have known, and um, I didn't because my foot went down between <laughs> the platform and the train, and um, the like guard was all like, "Should I call him in?" I was like, "No, no," I was just like mortified. Let me get on the fucking train and get out of <laughs> just it. Stop, it's just so everyone stop looking at me. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. So we walked from the metro to the um, convention center <laughs> in DC. Back on track. Play by play. Sorry. Well, you know, and we actually found this little sneaker nookie place. Um, not nookie. Nook. Yeah, that's nook. gross. Yes. <laughs> little nook in Chinatown. <laughs> it's like down an alleyway, and somebody had tried to create this sort of like. Um, you know, meditation garden with all these sort of concrete statues and things. Oh, so we went in there beautiful. for a minute and got calm, then went to the convention center and got even more excited again because we were very excited. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed when we arrived. So we got up, you know, the stairs, oh, we got through the bag the check. two of you had like static electricity coming off of your faces <laughs> and bodies. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, and we, we, you know, like we spotted you too. We're like, yeah, there they are. Oh, they're eating food. So we decided to, we were going to have fizzy pop, which was awesome. Because we were hot. <laughs> it was hot in DC last weekend. Yeah, it was, it was, honestly, it was hot in the convention center. The whole weekend, it was a little bit like, dang, y'all. It was air conditioned in the rooms, which, like, you know, in the exhibition halls or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So yeah. We then we got there. It was and we very were happy. exciting to see you. Yeah, yeah. You came in like it was. We were going on a stag do. You had like we all had bags. We were like, <laughs> and then none we of got us were there. drinking. We're still like chanting. Yeah, orange soda. I love orange soda. You do love orange soda. In the words of, um, cow. Yeah. Um. But then we all got our maps and our schedules and George took charge and gave us a, you know, oh, we're going to see this person, we're going to see that person, ringed all these things. We, we had Real a Real time oriented. Yeah, I was, was You know, awesome. I had the marker out. I was marking it up. And then what happened? Threw it out the fucking window, didn't we? <laughs> we did have Just, to throw it out the fucking window. It was mental, to be honest. There was loads of people around and lots going on. And, you know, we just had to adapt. Um, yeah, we did. I mean, I'm sad I, to say I didn't get any of my signatures that no. weekend. The, we there were, were two lines I stood in. Yeah, but it's okay. You know, that's sort of a that's sort of a nice to have. I was excited. I got to, <laughs> in the lines for the signatures. We made a couple friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Q friends. What? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Friends in the queue. Um, Get in the but queue. so, who was it? It was, so I met uh, Heidi in line for TJ Klune. She was very nice. Her husband had gone to like another 
uh, presentation and we were just like in line talking about TJ Klune and like the other authors and what it's like to like be in these huge lines. And uh, she was very nice uh, as well as Emma and her friend whose name I don't remember. We bonded over the strike because one of them is an actor musician and we were like, yeah, strike solidarity. Yeah. And also, just want to shout out Heather. The there was a woman uh, in the Grady Hendrix line who was who we left to go and see someone speaking, and she said, "Hey, I'm gonna stay in that line. Do you want me to take one of your books and try and get it signed?" She put a sticky note and wrote my name on it so she wouldn't forget. Unfortunately, we were unable to to battle those lines. You know, you really have to be ready for it. You gotta want it. I mean really hard and also i mean like the the authors that i was going to see are having like very hot moments right now so it was like we were you know we were queuing up for what was going to be really long lines yeah but they're like that was my experience with the signing yeah yeah so so you first thing we did was you were going to get in the line to get signed uh the grady hendrix right and that was when that lady What was her name? Heather? Yes. When Heather took that book from you. Of course, my immediate response. Oh, my gosh. My immediate response being, you know, a cynical old mother um, was she just stole your book. You'll never see that book ever again. She just stole your book, you stupid idiot. Because, you know, I'm old. I felt like such a git. I was like, did I just get robbed? (laughs) But, but no, what? she 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 met up with us later and gave it back. Very kind, very yeah. very nice. The so, really what we were saying was before the the people were just so lovely. That what a great energy at the at the oh, festival. Shocker. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and also to be honest with you, there were a lot of people there, but I didn't feel hemmed in for the most part. I really didn't. I um especially not when we arrived there at first. By the time we were leaving, it was a little bit tighter, I think, but. I didn't, and that was the first time I think in a long time where I've been in a situation where there were that many people, you know, like in a public space. Mm. So for me, I I thought it was pretty yeah. cool, actually, pretty chill. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> we talked about uh, how we were lucky; it was the most considerate crowd of pedestrians you could possibly run into. It's just a bunch of librarians and yeah. nerds. Like us, just going, oh, sorry, pardon me. Oh, sorry. Oh, pardon excuse me, excuse me, me. Oh, excuse me, pardon me. Pardon I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. So sorry. Uh, yeah, it was a good crowd. It was a great crowd. And, they were know, great. We did meet, like, a bunch of lovely people online. Do you want to talk about your experience in the in the book well, signing trenches? Do you want to do that, or do we want to go, like, um, in order of how our day went, is what I was thinking. No? Well, I mean, that's not what we talked about before we got on the phone. Fair. It's all right. Fair. Fine, right. So just then, like my schedule, we can throw it all out the window, you know. Throw it out the window because I got a window right in front of me just now, and I can just throw it out there. Um, so I will say, um, well, I feel like I have to talk about S. A. Cosby, um, because we did go and listen to him speak before I got my book signed. But yeah, maybe we'll. I was share... thinking we were talking about the speakers after the signage. Part. Okay, fair, 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 fair. So I did end up getting my copy of All Sinners Bleed autographed by S.A. Cosby. Is it All and the I, Sinners Bleed? All the Sinners Bleed, yes. And um, I'm going to read what he wrote because, you know, it should <laughs> be accurate. I just want to say he signed it. He said, you silly old bag, what are you doing? No, he said, <laughs> <laughs> he said to Don't Janet. ever let me catch you at one of these events ever again. Chase the light, S.A. Cosby. That's pretty. I mean, I love that. So I, but I, I too, I did wait in a line a long time. I was right towards the end of that line, and um, bless his heart, he he'd been signing a lot of books. But I did also um, make some line friends, Monique and her husband Nick. I think. Yeah, Monique and Nick. Yeah. Yeah, and they. Um, this was the first time they. So she'd kind of drawn him in over time into this sort of like um circuit of book events he said that really he'd only been committed <laughs> to books in the past couple of years so i thought that was pretty cool in itself um yeah 
And so we were sharing, you know, thoughts like on audio books. And I told her about the podcast and she immediately pulled it up on her phone. Yay, go Monique. It's the kind of response that was really I nice. love. <laughs> Monique, that was really sweet. I just want you to say, well, I was in a bit, I only visited mom in that queue for a brief moment. Um, and I was a little bit like, oh, gotta go, gotta go get to the next thing. Um, but when she said that, I was a little bit like, oh, my heart, you're so kind. <laughs> yeah. So. If you're listening, shouts out to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I mean, that was awesome. So, um, uh, so you know what? It makes you one. These are great events to get to talk to people because you know you've got uh, similarities, you've got shared interests, and also it makes the time go quicker if you've got to stand in a queue for however long. Because I couldn't tell you how long I stood in that queue, and yeah. Um, but it was fine because they were very friendly and very chatty and very cool. You know. I, I'm, I kind of. It, it sounds a bit like an assumption, but I think you can pretty much be well guaranteed that people who go to events like reading festivals are going to be pretty cool. So um, kind of lovely, yeah. Yeah, it, it yeah, was. There was like a presupposed. Yeah, I, I like. As a general rule, I try not to talk to strangers in public, just because like I get, I get very ups. Like I, I'm very anxious, but. Um, just so many very good interactions with strangers uh, at that event. Um, yeah. Just really kind people. Um, people, I didn't even know their names, like the the lady who checked my bag before I went in, and we were sharing thoughts on who we wanted to see and who we thought was going to be good. Oh, yeah. Um, and she was like, All the volunteers you know, were so lovely. Yeah, yeah. All the volunteers telling you where the bathrooms were, telling you where... The room you need to go to was, which was like three miles away, so you better get a move on. Um, oh, yeah, that convention center is intense. Massive. So, yeah, the volunteers were awesome. Um, and they did it all with such great finesse, I think. There was no aggression. Mm -hmm. There was no, you know, gruffness to it. Um, you know, I just, they know their audience, apparently, <laughs> which is why they're all so sweet. But, yeah, it was great. So... So the first anyway, person read a book, become lovely. That's the that's kind of the That's a rule to live by, actually. Read the a book. world model we're laying out. Yeah, it's like if you read books, you're nice. 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 Anyway, yeah, let's talk about what who we saw speak. So, well, the first person we saw speak was S.A. Cosby. Um he, I really enjoyed it. I did too. I did. Because of certain things. And general ideas that he sort of put across. He was interviewed by Eric L. Barron, who's the U.S. attorney for Maryland, uh, chief federal law enforcement official for the state of Maryland also. Yeah, I think he said he was a... He, uh, he said like a, prosecutor. a prosecutor. Yeah, yeah. So I mean... That, I think okay. that's what an attorney is. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not being um, weird, but... It, he was a pretty stylish looking man as well. So, Oh, yeah. Cool as hell. Oh, my gosh. As a cucumber yeah. and dressed, so well dressed. Um, yeah, yeah. And he, had he was a great interviewer. He, like, I don't know. There's we've talked about this before in like narrative structure, especially with comedy, how you like how much you benefit from stacking like the odd couple together, having like a. Like, uh, if you're going to have a comedic character, to have, like, a very flat, not comedic character, to S.A. Yeah. Cosby's, like, energy about Southern Gothic and, like, uh, uh, crime. Uh, what was it? It is... Crime? Yeah, he was talking about crime. Um, yeah, Southern Gothic is, like, the subgenre that was on the oh, official docket. Uh, Southern Noir, right? Was that it? I, okay, I, think I wasn't it was sure. Seven noir, yeah. um, but anyway, so like he, you know, he's talking about crime fiction and he's talking about like the way that he wrote this very gritty character to have Mr. Baron there so cool and like so collected while he kind of uh, guided that interview. Great, great dynamic between the two of them. And I, I, th I thought we got some great quotes. One of them was from True Detective. That was pretty funny. Okay. The, uh, he talks about um, the protagonist in All the Sinners Bleed and the true detective quote he heard that kind of helped him form that character, the bad men who keep the bad men away from the door. And that is true. 
That is yeah. true. I mean, and I think that he talked about that character being like, because this is something that I picked up as I, I sort of, you know, rushed my way through the rest of the book, was um, the main character, Titus, which, you know, that's a pretty kind of badass name as well. You say Solid Titus. Name. yeah. It's not like, you know, Mickey or, or um, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of think Mickey's, Mickey's kind of a cool name, too. Actually, yeah, that was yeah. a bad choice. <laughs> you messed up. I don't know. You... <laughs> I, can't, I can't actually think of a you never, name right now. I feel like Titus in your story, if they were working behind the desk, it'd be like, that person's coming up again later. That name is too cool. But anyway, this character of Titus, his big thing is that um, even when it's um, detrimental to himself, even if the people that he's looking after or you know advocating for he doesn't like them or he he knows something about them that is is not positive he still believes in protecting everybody within this small town or in sharon county which is where he's a sheriff and um and i I think that that is a really good basis for a character because it you know i think a lot well let's hope I, i would hope that a lot of law enforcement um go into that profession with that in mind some don't quite possibly i'm prepared to accept that but um in in sort of nirvana or happy land we'd like to all think that that is what <laughs> the police are doing but. Uh, yeah i think you know fiction is sort of a different yes uh, than the real world you i know. mean it's not like the real world I, I i i wasn't gonna say all that um but i do think no you speak to a great point um one of the other things he talked about building a character like this and specifically building a police officer or is it is he he is a literal police officer right he's, he's like a, a sheriff detective. he was elected gotcha. sheriff in this his hometown so um he says someone who helps the least of us that's yeah. who he like and, really wanted titus to be and it, yeah he def- that definitely came across he really he really did um yeah, was he was other? ripping off one-liners, to be honest. He said, evil <laughs> is the absence of empathy. Banger. Yeah. Why Why? Why does Southern Gothic work so well? Because in small towns, you're set... You have a crime done. You're set in a place where you have... You are guaranteed to face the people who you've done crime to. Yeah. Also a banger. All great novels are crime novels. I like that one, actually. <laughs> That's one of my favorite. Crime fiction speaks to the disenfranchised. I really like that one. I liked when he started actually talking about disenfranchised that he said that the um the the bonus, if you like, he didn't use that word, but the the extras, the the freebies in this book were the crime that happened and the the way that they solved it whereas the meat or what he wanted to to write as the meat of the story was the state of you know, racism, I think, specifically in the South of the United mm-hmm. States and how that plays out in, you know, the way people are treated by the police, the way police officers are treated by other police officers, because that a lot of that is in the book, and yeah. also the way black police officers can be treated by um, other elected officials um, yeah, in government. And that, that, you know, that definitely came It's very, it is very southern like he talked about the if you were defining southern gothic um or like southern noir uh it's it's stories dependent on people's connection to that land to the place you know like what what is the lived experience of being here yeah it was it was awesome um i think uh, he had you... a lot of go on sorry no no please after you no 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 i was just going to ask a question actually i was going to say um what's up can i know you were taking notes and i i tried a little bit but i was focused on on listening you know i'm not really uh a multitasker in that situation i'm okay in the world <laughs> but not in that situation environment um i was going to say you took some notes about what he said about being a, a writer how to be a writer or because his his journey to be a writer was quite interesting wasn't it yeah um he put a lot of he really um gave a lot of credit to his partner for like 
supporting him and like she got him this ticket to a crime fiction festival in St. Petersburg, Florida, which is crazy cuz it's right around the corner from where we used to live. I never heard of it. And we never heard of it. Yeah. Um but so yeah, he his uh his experience was pretty um singular, I think, but he did he gave a good few choice bits of uh advice. There was one general one. Mr. Barron asked him about like writing fiction outside of your own experience. Like he he mentioned like writer friends talking about like not being able to tell the stories that yeah yeah it 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 was like a little bit white people complaining yeah um, and I think but, isn't that what he said. <laughs> Uh, well, he he gave a very pointed look to the crowd. Um, and then he did say that these hands are rated E for everybody. So that was great. Um, I didn't take a quote of that so much or a, a note of that so much as a mental snapshot. That was very awesome. Um, but no, he uh, he says you have to be willing to take the hit if you're going to write outside your experience. Like it's. It's a it's a thing you can do, but if you don't do it well, everyone is totally within their rights to criticize you, and you have to recognize that vulnerability. Um, and then he pulled up a secondary quote to support that by Stephen King, which is, it doesn't matter what you're writing about if the story is not good. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Agreed. Yes, I'm with Stephen King on that. I, I'm not sure I would agree with him on a lot of things, but yeah, definitely that one. I don't, He's not uh, my friend. I don't know him. <laughs> we haven't we haven't talked ever yeah. um yeah so that i mean that was something that i thought i i just wanted to bring up um because i liked uh, you know i liked what he had to say on it and then he gave three pieces to pieces of advice to aspiring writers um first and foremost you gotta read and you gotta write uh inspiration is a myth you need to be reading all the time because you have to be able to understand what other people are doing and you have to be writing all the time. Even if it isn't good, even if you don't have a good idea, even if you write it poorly, you just have to be doing it all the time. Um, that's a, that's hard advice Writers to follow. Writers got to write. Oh. Uh, number two was get a thick skin. You have to build some ego and uh, recognize when it's appropriate to sort of foster spite uh in a given scenario because sometimes it is appropriate there are people who are gonna reject you and you have to be able to get over that uh relatively quickly and without mess um and the third was don't let anyone tell you that you are not a writer the moment you decide that that is the end of the conversation and i think you know that's things that um maybe you might have heard before but um, they are never any less true. And I think reading makes better writers and writing makes you a better writer. <laughs> you know, you just got to Unfortunately, it's, yeah. it's a huge shame. I can say that because I'm not any interested in being a big old writer. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but for those of you who are, go for it. But yeah, so pretty cool. I mean, pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, presentation from him if you're looking for it on the internet because i know we talked about yeah i think they are still posted yeah some of the recordings are up on the library of congress website uh that one was back roads and buried bodies southern noir with s.a cosby shall i just run through the some of the books that you mentioned just as a sort of Oh yeah, he was a he was like a total treasure trove for other good crime fiction and southern noir yeah so uh ozark dogs by eli craner uh wise blood well he didn't mention wise blood but he did mention flannery o'connor who was a writer from um the uh 19 she died in 1964 i think but um she published a book called wise blood in 1949 uh, which i have read but i'm gonna read it again now just to kind of uh get an idea because Supposedly that falls into this sort of Southern Noir thing, but I'm, I'm not that familiar with. I mean, he did say p- other people put um, 
labels on his writing. He doesn't really care about that. Mm. And honestly, I've just read, um, I think this is like his third book, third or fourth, maybe. I don't, I don't think he does have to worry about labels, really, because it's good. The stories are engaging. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one he mentioned was Missing White Woman by Kelly Garrett, who I think, was that somebody he said was a friend of his? Yeah, I think it's upcoming. I think this is some. Okay. He he mentioned a couple that he was reading early copies of, and I think that one hasn't come out yet. And then All the Smoke by Gary Philip Clark. That might be another one. We're not sure on the uh, release status of those two, but I, you know, I love, I love an opportunity to add more things to my TBR. It's instant dopamine, unfortunately. Yeah, and I did, um, I liked, he had a very kind of humorous but positive and realistic energy. I thought it was very animated um, on the stage and um, he made a couple of wisecracks. I don't remember him because I was concentrating on so much listening to him, but um, <laughs> lame, I know. But it, it was definitely no. very enjoyable. So uh, thank you, S.A. Crosby and um, anybody who listened to it. I'm sure you enjoyed it as much as we did. And if you didn't, then maybe go look for it. And as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. Shouts out to the two of you. He he was very, um, he was just a very good, I guess, moderator. Would you call it a moderator? I think they called him moderator. Interviewer? I don't know. I guess, yeah, moderator is probably the more technical because he wasn't like grilling him. He was kind of letting him lead the conversation naturally. Well, anyway, whatever. So, anyway. Thank you to both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we were going to try and keep this short, um, but it might not. Ooh. We're moving on. So we got then, one more thing to talk about. <laughs> so then everybody went and got something to eat, and I was getting my book signed by S.A. Cosby. And mm-hmm. and then we were wanting to go and see Elliot Page speak. And so they came and told me while I was in line. Everybody was, and they were texting me on my phone. We're in there. We've got seats, blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, I didn't even know where I was going. Got my book signed. It was signed, a bit of a palaver. Started walking across the convention center. I asked every blue shirt that I saw and said, oh, I shouldn't say blue shirt because that has connotations. But, um, <laughs> you know, volunteer. To the Star Trek person. science department. And they put me in the right direction. It was a bloody long walk. It was all the way to the front yeah. of the um, convention center, down one side, up an escalator, around the corner, on the top. And then finally into the auditorium where he was speaking. Um, and I thought, because it was, it was the, I think it was the biggest auditorium in that building because it was packed. Must have, I mean, yeah. I think they did on purpose, but. Um, yeah, yeah. He was the, it seemed like he, he was, was sort of the featured speaker for, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, the event was just called Elliot Page on Page Boy. It was like, you know what you're coming to see. He's yeah, coming to talk right, about right. his book. So I was yeah. just going to take a seat in the back because I was like, this is so packed. No. I, just, I just want to sit down. And then I saw um, one of our number in a yellow T-shirt. I was like, <laughs> I know that. That's, why, and I just that's why we had to have such a heavy team number so that we could sit yeah. down and, and, and uh, hold down the seats it was actually really good seats. We were quite close. We were pretty close, and we were all sat together. It was awesome, and um, it it was it was just a joy. I don't know what, how you felt about it, George, but um, you know, I'd finished the the um, memoir shortly before we went, a few days before, and um, so I kind of had the backstory, but to hear him speak was. It was just very moving and um, to see somebody even come out the other side of a quite a long, challenging journey. I mean, he's in his 30s now and remembers feeling this way from a very young age. Yeah, since childhood, he was talking about. No, I thought it was incredible. It was a fantastic. uh, I think that one was more like an interview. just want to shout out uh, Gina Chua, uh, Singaporean journalist, the executive editor of Semaphore, previously executive editor of uh, Routers. She was an excellent interviewer, moderator, however we want to say it. Um, but really, you know, she really connected. I think from the way they talked about it, they 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 might not have been like friends, but they kind of had like 
prior experience speaking with one another. Oh yeah, because she reviewed that. That's right. She reviewed his book. Yeah, 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 yeah. Review that. Oh, actually, so now we're jumping back again, but we have to talk about who introduced the both of them because my sister had a total freak out because it was the her biggest celebrity of all time, librarian of Congress, Carla Hayden. Awesome. Um, A.K.A. the A. librarian. <laughs> yeah, we were just calling her the librarian. So, <laughs> so awesome. Um, she is awesome. She, uh, gave a really fantastic, uh, intro for the two of them. Um, and I was just going to say, uh, oh, spoke about, yeah, mentioned, uh, Gina's review of page boy from release. Uh, so it was cool to have someone who had like a, a real deep understanding of the memoir. Um, she certainly kind of gave me a shortcut as someone who hasn't read it yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a great one. They talked a lot about um, trans joy uh, as to people who transitioned later in their life and sort of realizing that they are also this new life, you know, like a, a, in the same way they're like a, a two-year-old man or, or you know, four-year-old woman or whatever. I think... Um... Gina, did we say that was Chow? Chua. Chua, okay. Um, said, you know, who who she was and then, you know, Elliot Page. And by all accounts, we're both just two years old right now. <laughs> because yeah, of the... that's right. That's classic. <laughs> that's classic. I love that. Yeah, that was a great one. Yeah, I thought, I just thought, you know, and I think this is kind of, something that I, I almost come to expect from memoir writers, like the amount of introspection that has to be done. Like he was so thoughtful and so like, not in like a, oh, he took a long time to answer questions, but you could like see him like just thinking about what he was saying and sort of like presenting um, his experience and his understanding as he wrote the book. Uh, he spoke about... Um, just like a general shout out to the vulnerability and generosity that writers show um, and how that sort of inspired him to look towards this memoir. I mean, I think as well, there was a mention of, you know, because a lot of the material in that memoir is quite one graphic, but also disturbing. A lot of it is quite, you know, mm. describing abusive situations. And, you know, they're sort of saying, well, how do you deal with that? And he was like, you know, I would write this horrendous thing this one day and then I would say, okay, I'm not going to look at that for another week because it's too... Yeah. And so, you know, the idea of... Because it is a memoir, so it's all his actual experience, you know, the the idea of of limiting how much exposure you're going to give your brain to those memories, I think is really smart. It, it just speaks volumes. Of, yeah how you know you could approach something like that just like protecting yourself yeah yeah absolutely and i think you know such um grace i mean i don't know if you if you want to talk because they did they did have a set a session at the end of that where they let people come and ask questions oh yeah it was supposed to be three and it was like it was 14 <laughs> there was a bunch of people which you know again he took so graciously, you know. Yeah, he was awesome. And he thought about all the answers as he was, like, speaking to them. Um, yeah. I mean, and I have to say, um, not just as a mother or as a, a former educator, um, but the ones that struck me the most, there were, like, I think two or three um, young young people. I think the youngest one was probably about 10 or 11. The oldest one yeah. maybe was about 16. I'm not sure if that's... Mm -hmm. That's a that's a rough idea. Um, yeah, but yeah. It, we didn't meet them. But they were they were talking about you know what they were going through in the here and now, and they were asking him questions about you know how do I deal with this bullying, and you're like my heart was kind of going out to all of them because like you can't help but feel for kids who are being bullied or are having yeah. a hard time kind of um, trying to get the world to accept them for who they are, but also. Yeah. Elliot Page has, has written a book which gives you a, um, 
an insight into what he went through. And I think if he could, he would love to solve all the world trans kind of challenges and, and stomp on all the bullies. But obviously that's not his job. So I did. And like like you said, George, he thought about all the um, questions. And like I say, particularly with these young people, thought about all of their questions very carefully. Um, and I think like the first one who said, you know, I'm having a hard time getting people to accept, you know, my, me coming out. And, um, you know, my best friend is having a bad time with it. And the first response was, where are they? <laughs> Who What's are their they? address? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, yeah. What do you do? It was, what do you do about bullies? Like, oh, gosh, I do. You, can you tell me where they are? Uh, <laughs> but then, you and know. And then right after that was asked, uh, if you could, if you had superpowers, you could do anything right now, what would it be? <laughs> and he said, well, I would stop bullying. <laughs> Oh, that was so cute. He's so, he, yeah, he was really so lovely. But it is like, it's a tough position to be in because you're inspiring. Because he's now this icon, I mean. Yeah, he's inspiring people who are honestly, like, righteously scared right now. It's it's not, the, the standard for queer rights across the board is not uh, incredibly high in the United States. Um, so, you know, I... I I feel for him, I feel for everyone asking questions and sort of seeking support from him. Yeah, just to really, I don't know, how much how much more positive stuff can we say about seeing him speak? He, he was so cool and funny and nice, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I came out of that um, on a high, and I think that um, Gina Chua... I'm trying to say that correctly because I, I'm struggling with the pronunciation. But because Carla Hayden let us know that she will kick our ass about pronouncing it right. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. Which I kind of prefer. It's probably her that's fault the, then, that's the... that we're doing it. Struggling. No. No. Okay. No. Um, but... I can assure you the librarian pronounced her name correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she she was um, very uh, direct with her questions as well before mm. you know it was even opened mm-hmm. up to the audience or anything. And um, was very... No, I don't want to say comical, but she, you know, she had a little sort of little very witty, witty, yeah, witticisms, I guess you'd say. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the whole thing. She I had think, a lot of zingers, which is did. nice because yeah. Elliot was talking about like this traumatic past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, I just, I just thought it was great, and for me, it was a great day. I got to spend it with some of my favorite people and do some of my favorite things. I mean, what the heck? You know, you can't ask for more than that. Can't ask for more than that. Yeah. So. It's pretty fantastic. I think we're going to try and do this more often. This is going to be like a, a regular occurrence for ye old tales in our times. I think it's but a good we'll idea. See. Do you want to do a quick rundown of some of the references books that refer, uh, Elliot Page referenced, George? Just Yeah, that sounds great. I just want to, I think that's a great way to wrap it up. There were a few things that um, when asked about like the books that uh he had been reading beforehand and leading in like during the course of writing this memoir uh one of which which i didn't write down was in the dream house and we screamed at the top of our lungs for that and uh <laughs> it kind of threw him off his rhythm he was he was trying to keep talking about books. He went, oh yeah no yeah yeah in the we dream know house. that one we, we both knew <laughs> yeah. that one at that point so that was awesome. So it was, that was, I usually cringe at the idea of anyone hearing me as an audience member, but that one I was like, yeah, Carmen Maria Machado. Yeah. Uh, but then he also, he talked about Amateur by Thomas Page McBee, which I really want to pick up. Um, How to Write an Autobiographical Novel by Alex Chi. Uh, and a, fil- a Field Guide for Getting Lost by Rebecca Solnit. There were a few others, but uh, to be honest, we were we were. It's hard to see through the tears. I I was just listening to him talk. Yeah, me too, me too. It was um, it was both. You know, there it it was like an emotional roller coaster almost because there were sad moments where I did shed a few tears, and then there were uplifting moments where I just felt like, you know, like I think I mentioned to you before, like the sort of maternal in me wanted to leap out and just say oh it's all right you're all right now though isn't it you know yeah um, 
But obviously, you know, he's a grown ass man. He doesn't even need to. <laughs> and he's yeah, got he's a mother. He's also got a loving mother. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stupid. Also, not related to him at all. No. Yeah. So, um, but no, I, I, he, I liked one thing that he, uh, they talked about in like the. I think he was born out of the Q and A session, um, but he was asked or uh, kind of prompted to speak about moments of trans joy to kind of counter that. Um, I remember <laughs> that, this. Like you know, the consistent um, that like the the heavy vibes, as it were. Do you remember what his example was? He said, when I'm hanging out with my trans friends and we're just out um, in a bar somewhere doing karaoke, those are the moments. Like, I'm crying right now. That's just so sweet. Just like, ah. Uh, yeah. yeah. What a great event. Who and all in all, karaoke? we saw two... We saw two people speak and got one book signed. signed. That was a whole day, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Um, Yeah. (laughs) We did each. So next time we're going in full, you know. I was going to say full metal jacket, but I don't even know what that means apart from it's a film. So (laughs) that would be stupid. But we are going um, hell for leather is what generations oh. before me would have said i think we're gonna i love saying that hell for leather is hardcore or george and his friends when they were younger used to say uh what was it something about paint no 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 we're not gonna say that one okay we're gonna <laughs> that leave it look... something else i don't remember it so i'm not gonna repeat it and look like many people listening to this will know at once what you are talking about good and i great. don't want to have to get into the etymology so okay let's not. at that point okay. we will say good night go out there tell some, tell tales. some tales look forward to seeing us at your next reading festival yeah and email us at tales in our times at gmail.com or come check out the instagram where you can comment and tell us what we're doing right or wrong yeah please don't be mean we're soft yeah we're we're soft and squidgy so with that um thank you to the library of congress you did an excellent job that was so awesome and to the people we saw speak and to all the lovely volunteers and the people... I'm sorry, am I going on? All right, let it go. It was great. If you didn't go this year, check it out online and try and go next year or look for a festival near you. If you know some that we should go to, let us know. <laughs> this get is like one tales. of those album interstitials. Mike's just going to be slowly reducing the volume like we're getting further away. Yeah, he's going to be like <laughs> putting the music on now. All right. Bye. Ciao, babies. Ciao, babies. Go tell some tales.